when you first uh, were saying that you had to go grab your notes, I thought you were saying, I just took some NyQuil. Oh, <laughs> yeah, buddy. So we are saying. on a timer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get loopy. Oh, man. I'm going yeah, to get real quiet in the back half of this <laughs> session. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys don't get night terrors from NyQuil? <laughs> mm. No, <laughs> NyQuil, I do. Yeah, NyQuil, NyQuil <laughs> me too. jacks me up, yeah. <laughs> Not a fan. I took it one time before work because, like, you know how you get those two packs, like, Dayquil, of the Dayquil and NyQuil, and they give you mm-hmm. equal amounts. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. the, this makes sense. So obviously I ran out of Dayquil before NyQuil, and I was like re- super sick one time before work, and I was like, I got to take something. And I, was like, and I usually I take NyQuil and go right to bed, so I was just like, I don't really, you know, it never really wipes me out. And <laughs> so the, you oh were operating God. some heavy machinery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was car. bartending. Definitely not, uh, <laughs> definitely not ideal. It was a long night to say the least. Jesus, oh. and a night shift. Oh god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was working till like three in the morning oh. or something. No, no, so, no, 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 yeah. no. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name is Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And Randall Nolery. Hey folks. And it's a new year, 2023, <laughs> our first uh, recording session at least of the uh, new year here. It's been a little while. We took a couple weeks off for the uh, holiday break. I don't know about you guys. I'm, I always feel a little rusty. I feel like I say this every time whenever it's been like a little bit of while or a little uh, gap between uh, recording sessions. I'm always like, oh, it's a, I'm going to be a little bit rusty this time. But I definitely, I don't know, on these intros, I'm always just like, oh, here's a blubber fest. <laughs> Let me just ramble on <laughs> and just like, I don't know, talk a bunch of nonsense at the beginning. But you guys had a good start to the new year and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck new yeah. year it's the same us yep yeah definitely definitely and yeah we're back to talk about some video games as always and uh yeah randall's been uh kind of digging into some uh handheld goodies as of late so why don't I you have. uh get us started here randall yeah i think i mentioned on the podcast i don't know a while back that i got an analog pocket and talked yeah. a bit about that um you know, there's been other things that have come up that have taken my attention games wise last year in the meantime. So I didn't play it really uh, last year as much as I thought I would between Elden Ring and Panzer Dragoon Saga and all these like longer games that are more intensive, let alone the NBA stuff. There's always stuff that comes up that gets in the way. But uh, I, yeah, fi- I managed- not to mention life. Ma- yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that whole part. Yeah, it tends to yeah. take a large chunk of my. Uh, Uh, my time but yeah so i did get back a bit to the analog pocket um kind of had the excuse of they keep updating the firmware too which is awesome you know adding the ability to add these at least through these jailbreak firmwares to add uh other systems that you can emulate you know those sort of things which is super cool and just little bits of functionality adding more controller support to the dock which i also have all that stuff so Yeah, that dock thing that. is probably the most appealing thing out of yeah. anything. Like, I mean, it's awesome to have a nice slick handheld with a really nice screen and yes. basically just an HD, like modern Game Boy, whatever. Yes. But yeah, the the fact that you can like hook it up and play it with a 8-bit dough controller. Yes. Like, okay, I'm basically playing this on a console on my TV. Uh, yes. You know? Because they're not giving us the, you know, Game Boy stuff on the the Switch <laughs> online. Not that, not you know, they, there's plenty of free, you know, quote unquote free stuff on the three consoles, four consoles that they have up there. So it's not like I'm complaining, but it's like, you know, 
I, no, I want those Game Boy games. You know, there's so true. many good ones. And it's probably still, I would say on the market, you know, it's obviously it's impossible to get the analog pocket, but it's probably the <laughs> best solution for playing still Game Boy yeah. series games on your TV. And now these other cores that they've added, like the Game Gear stuff, and there's going to be like Atari Lynx stuff and like basically any portable you could think of, they're going to seems like they're going to support on this thing um and okay. that's both on your handheld and then up on the dock you know yeah. through the tv so pretty cool um that being said i'll start off just slightly negative and saying you know i tend to like already i tend to like to play more in tv mode even though this is a dedicated handheld um, right because and I, I maybe i even mentioned this before but Playing it in handheld, God, the, sc the screen is beautiful, but <laughs> the ergonomics of this thing are not great, I would mm. say. Uh, it's yeah, it looks a little small, like when I see it, just pictures of it. And a lot of times, you know, because it's a handheld, there's someone holding it in their hand. Yeah. And I'm like, man, they don't even look like they have a huge hand. And <laughs> yeah. it looks pretty small, Yes, you know, compar comparatively. Yeah. And I do kind of have bigger ish hands and like it, yeah. it's not soup. It's not that small. It's more like it's kind of just like the weight isn't distributed super well. I think that might mm -hmm. be it. And then like it's kind of got small shoulder buttons to accommodate like Game Boy Advance stuff. And it just right. feels yeah. a little a little crampy in the hands pretty quickly to me anyway. Yeah. Um, would have yeah, preferred like it like has... that Game Boy Advance uh, original sort of uh yeah. design as opposed to the game boy sort of you know it almost looks vertical. like a little bit more like sp form obviously it doesn't like fold over but it looks like yeah. roughly that size in yeah. my head like if the sp was just open and couldn't if it was like a 2ds sp yeah it's close uh, that to you that. couldn't close but yeah. like that's like kind of the size it seems where like yeah we i think we just talked about it on the save it for the cast actually where like that original game boy advance that like kind of rectangle with the shoulder yes it's like basically like a super nintendo controller yes. shaped you know, handheld and it was kind of perfect for comfort, at least if you got bigger hands. Definitely. And, and basically and yeah. every other, uh, handheld system other than the original Game Boy and like Game Boy SP, like did have that placement where it was like, you know, like having your hands that close together, like they were on the Game Boy, isn't like the most comfortable thing. Having them not ideal. spread yeah, apart, not ideal. like with the screen in between is kind of the, like, that's what every system has been since. Yes, yeah. and it should be because that gives some good weight displacement, I think, to yeah. the whole thing. And it gives your hands, yeah. some, your fingers and your hands some place to go a little bit more in my experience, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm I'm complaining, but ultimately, this, like I said, the screen's beautiful, the buttons feel great, all that's fine. But I just, that because of that, I ended up finding myself playing Metroid Zero Mission more in the TV as opposed to, um, you know, in handheld mode. I started playing in handheld mode because it's been kind of my, I guess, tradition at this point to, yeah. you know, when we go on our, like, cabin slash camping trips, I have fired up Metroid games. Um, and, you know, I started with, uh, way back when I played Metroid 3, a.k.a. Super Metroid, um, like, like a decade ago. And then... <laughs> Metroid Fusion, I played through, loved that, talked mm -hmm. about that on the podcast. Metroid Dread, yeah. Yeah. John and I talked about a lot, loved that. I think that was, maybe that was both of our second favorite games of oh yeah, 21, I want to say. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that game. Like, I, I enjoyed the little bit I played of it, but I just never, never played much of it, I guess. Quality but game. It was cool. It's yeah, yeah. phenomenal. Cool yeah. Forgot about it. Yeah. Very difficult, but awesome, especially once <laughs> yeah. you got the, the hang of it. So. 
basically wrapping back around now to Metroid Zero Mission, which is a remake of the original Metroid from NES, uh, which, you know, is I own the the yellow label uh, version of the original Metroid, but, you know, that some of those NES games mm, a little have not aged super gracefully, and I'd say that, you know, maybe I could give that one a chance, but because I knew this already existed, I never really super bothered to get into the NES version. And, you know, finally I'm playing Metroid Zero Mission through the analog pocket, and gosh, it's just like... It's gorgeous. It's perfect. And, you know, having played Fusion so recently, I know they kind of reused a lot of that engine mm-hmm. in, in Zero Mission, and it feels great and refined a little bit even. Uh, and, the, you know, the colors are great. The vibrancy is great. Uh, the sound is Game Boy Advance, which means it's kind of they do the best they can. But it's you know, the soundtrack. Oh, them's fighting words <laughs> for someone who adores that sound chip. That... Oh, the soundtrack's incredible. It's more the sound chip that's, uh, yeah. that's uh, you know, makes it kind of fuzzy and, and um, holds that it back muffled, a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yes, you are clipping at, like, at so many points in every audio file. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, just designed to come out of that like one little tiny speaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even in, in the analog pocket, you have some of these filter options, both video and audio. Um, there's Ooh. like a like an enhanced audio mode for a Game Boy Advance. And I turned that on. And I, I to be honest, I couldn't I don't know that I could tell that much of a difference, but I turned it on anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that doesn't take away from zero mission so far being a lot of fun to play and and I've enjoyed that it's because it's a remake of an NES game. It seems like it's a little bit more streamlined, you know, uh, some, uh, as as we've talked in the past, some of these quote unquote Metroidvania games that I can get lost in, but I've never really had that problem in Metroid, to be honest. And, and this one especially is very straightforward in Mm. my experience, uh, which has been awesome. And like the whole, like switch to the map screen is super seamless. And I'm, I've, I'm not sure how far I'm in. I'm about to have the Kraid battle. If that's a spoiler, it's, it shouldn't be a spoiler. It's decently far in it. Yeah. Like the original didn't have like too many, bosses per se yeah. and, and like especially in the original like they were very close to the same sprite size as <laughs> samus sure. so like there's a lot like i i i think that if you are new to metroid i think the zero mission is like a perfect entry point um but uh, like it is I, yeah. I think it's i wouldn't say it's the definitive version of the original metroid because Ooh. i do actually think the original metroid it like holds up but is like in the same way that i think the original legend of zelda holds up and oh. it's, it's kind of an like an experience that you're really not going to get anywhere else I and you. like especially with like the password system being kind of weird and janky that like mm-hmm. I th- I think the definitive version of the original Metroid is the version that's on the <laughs> Metroid Prime. I'm such a <laughs> like can you imagine a more stereotypical thing of, of me to say than yes, but uh, the Metroid Prime version of it has like the save built in like it automatically puts the password in based on where you oh, are so like you that's it, awesome like theoretically if you're playing it on like switch and you could use right, save, save states, states or whatever exactly. or something like that yes. real quick do you play that on the gamecube or is that one of the Game Boy advance link cable dealios where you can play it on Game Boy advance I can't, do, you, do you remember i can't remember if you have to be i think you have to beat prime and link it 
to a, you do have to have a link cable, <laughs> so this is an insane thing to ask for. <laughs> but yes, yeah, you, you need to have, play it on, play it on Switch uh, <laughs> online, or maybe okay, actually maybe maybe you just need to beat Prime. Now that I'm thinking about it, like you got to beat don't. the whole trilogy, stack yeah, all three I know. discs on top of each other, and then the, the Wii version of it, and then you link it up to yeah, it's. <laughs> Because I think beating Fusion and using the link cable would just unlock the Fusion suit in Prime. Yes. Whatever. Well, yes. Let's go back right. to you talking about No, that's well, what I'm, I like I, talking about. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I was actually going to say it's funny that, like, I think I, I don't I don't want to speak for Randall, but I think there was definitely a point in time for me, for sure, and I, I think probably for Randall as well, where, like, I would have definitely been like, I got to play the original oh, yeah. version of the original game. Like, yep. I got to play the true version, and now I'm just kind of like, oh, there's a better version or a, mm-hmm. a more quality of life improvement like there's just a version that makes it a little more easy to play a little less tedious and i'm just like yep give me that one <laughs> give me that remake yeah. and i i just don't even really ca- i mean when it comes to collecting i do still want to have a lot of my original like cartridges and stuff but yeah. like even on some of those i'm just kind of like man do i really like super mario 3d world for example like i got that for christmas on switch and it's got the bowser's fury edition it's like i didn't i don't need to have my wii u version i yeah. used to be like the type yeah. of person that was like i gotta collect I got to have the original or I got to have, you know, I just got to still own it. And I'm just like, well, I can play it on my switch. So play I don't the need best to version, anymore. right? Have the best right. version in your library. But, yeah. but John saying that about it in, in relation to the original legend of Zelda. Yeah. NES, I was just going to say, especially making that comparison. I was like, Oh, yeah. uh, uh, maybe I need Zero to reconsider. Mission is the much more fun version. Like I, okay. yeah, I would absolutely replay zero mission in a heartbeat. Whereas like, if I was going to like replay like the original NES Metroid, I'd be like, all right, I either need to have a map like that I can reference at all times, or yeah. I need to be drawing a map yeah. of it, which is yeah. a, a, a fun thing in itself. Yeah. But like that's, that's a, you have to be in a mood. There is no yeah. pick yeah. up and yeah. play. It is. Definitely. I am going to be dedicating myself to playing this game as opposed to zero mission, which is just an effortless, like pick up and play streamlined. Game. It yeah. really the is. The one thing the one thing I'll say though cuz I I see what you're saying about Zelda but I feel like for me at least Metroid games even the ones that are more modern not not so much Dread I thought that game controlled really well but oh, even yeah. like Met- even like Super Metroid I always feel like Samus just feels like really like floaty but weighty at the same time like I just have a really hard time controlling Samus so I do feel like Zelda I'm not really battling against the controls too much where like I do feel like going back to that original Metroid uh the couple times I've fired it up I've just been like okay cool to experience it but yeah if if I'm ever gonna play it which knowing me I'm not the biggest Metroidvania fan I'm probably not gonna go around to it but I think I do own yeah Fusion and Zero Mission on Game Boy Advance cartridges so maybe if I get an analog pocket someday yeah I'll fire it up but yeah, I don't know. They they these are probably the two that for whatever reason of the 2D Metroid games that speak the most to me. I don't know why. The Zero the two Game Boy Advance ones. But. I mean, that Game Boy Advance era, uh, they they yeah. knew what they were doing in those days and it was yeah, it, they're very refined. They feel still kind of modern to be honest, despite yeah, yeah. the format they're on. Uh it's it's really great and the visually for Game Boy Advance, it's pushing it pretty far uh sprite art wise. Uh, I'm enjoying yeah. it. God, they look gorgeous. They uh, yeah. God, they really do. Like I, yeah. I really do think that like Fusion and Zero Mission are just like two perfect games. Like yeah. there's not really any like fat or like no. Any, like they are just like front to back, just like nonstop, like good, satisfying action. And like I think I agree. 
they're kind of, you know, like Metroid is almost designed like literally to be speed run. Like, so yeah. they are like pretty, like compact, like good games that like will take you a long time when you are first learning it. But like, I was like, I, I can't imagine the idea of being lost in a Metroid game anymore just because I literally have every Metroid <laughs> map memorized. So it's like, yeah, uh, I know like the best routes or just the routes that are like the most fun for me. And, yeah. Like I just do it every time. And I, I kind of like I kind of want to go back to Chasm and be like, oh, yeah, I want to have yeah, that first yeah. time again. Like that was the that was the dream of like you're playing a new file and like everything's randomly generated, but it's the same like bosses, the same everything, but like uh, familiar but different enough. Yeah, you still have to Gosh, poke around. Be Chasm was a long time ago already. Like yeah, that, yeah, that that would seem fresh at this days. point again, right? Yeah, Let alone I, that that's the conceit, like you said, of that game. It's it's yeah. There's a random element to it in general. Like, oh, geez. Maybe but it's, it's not like a roguelike. It's not like your runs are right. Like, it it, it kind of needs that. It's a full-fledged game. Yeah, yeah. It needs, it needs that you to take time to breathe time in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll say that I went, I, like I did, I think I did a Patreon poll or something at some point and Chasm ended up winning or some, uh, for some reason I did a Chasm stream and like started from scratch. I was like, I was debating. I was like, should I pick up where I left off or should I? start from scratch and I ended up starting from scratch and I was like, man, this game just, I forgot how good it is. I still have never finished it on either attempt, but I'm just like, this game rocks. I love it. It's so good. Um, Speaking of like the like jailbreaking, like hey, I know you've you're plugging in cartridges into your analog pocket. Oh yeah, but have you done any like loaded up any ROMs or homebrew stuff or anything like that or uh, allegedly? Just, yeah, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, exactly. Thank you, John. Yeah, yeah, allegedly, uh, just a little bit, just just to see like, oh, does this work? Oh yes, of course it works. Yeah, just yeah. you know, just playing around it, which I've also done with the other analog systems that I've owned. You know, I've I always. It's always been for me, digital stuff doesn't exist until it's right in front of my face, and especially if it's just yeah. like, you know, line by line, here's the the title of the thing as a opposed list to a of picture. like games. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. never been I, my preferred way to to really make a decision on what I'm going to play. Yeah, it, it definitely is not the, the IOD way. But uh, having said that, I was just kind of going through some stuff on my computer and I was like, oh, let me install a few emulators. I was having some issues with the stuff that I was using before. Uh, and I mostly, especially now that I'm living back in Michigan and I kind of have like this temporary setup, I'm using emulators to get like my retro fix mm-hmm. when I feel the need. Not that I had everything hooked up or whatever, but yeah, if it's something that's not readily available right on the switch. And so I was downloading, I, I was having particularly issues with like, uh, the handheld stuff like Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance and whatever. So I was like, hmm. okay, let me download this. I think it's called like Visual Boy Advance or something to that yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, let me download like a dedicated Game Boy emulator. Cause I kind of had like this all in one oh, emulator that just yeah. wasn't, wasn't getting the job done anymore. It was like, just, I don't know, just <laughs> freaking out every time I used it. So I was like, let me do this. And then I, I had stumbled across this game called Samurai Kid a long time ago at some point in time. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was like a Japanese import. And I downloaded the ROM just to check it out real quick. And I was like, oh, but it's untranslated. But then I stumbled across an English translation patch. So I was like, okay, I got it. It always feels like super like not that it was anything. I literally just like had to like upload the files together. And then like it makes like a new ROM with the patch like installed or whatever. But it, I don't know. It just feels cool to like do stuff yourself. Yeah. I oh, guess. yeah. So, okay, cool. I made a made an English patch ROM for this game now. 
and I uh, gave it a try. It's a really, really cool. Like it's got very just Game Boy Color style pixel oh, art yeah. side scrolling platformer, but like very, very clever, like puzzle platformer, almost like kind of Wario Land style. Hell yeah. Uh, you, can, you can take damage and die and stuff, but you're kind of like using your enemies. You can swap between like three different weapons that you have that can either like kill enemies or turn them into like regular blocks that you can like just turn them into like a you know block that you can jump on and whatever and then you can i don't know you can do like a high jump you can kind of like attack the wall and do like a little extra like spin jump to get a little extra height or almost like a wall jump i don't know just a a cool little game that i fired up for a quick second while i was uh the main reason actually that i wanted to download or like kind of get all my emulator stuff uh fixed up is because i was actually firing up some uh homebrew stuff i was just like i had a few homebrew games that i had stumbled across uh, and started playing a little bit of, and in particular from uh, Matt Hewson, and I think you're a fan. Uh, I believe we've talked a little oh, yeah. bit, just touched on some of his games briefly uh, in the past. I think you talked about From Below, oh, yeah. Randall. Yep. Um, and it, do you own that game? On, I do. Like, cartridge form? Yes. I, I know he just got in uh, Cartridges of Witch and Wiz, which has been out for a little while as like another NES homebrew game. Uh, and actually, the reason that I went and started playing some of his games is because he released uh, a game for a game jam called Minecart Madness. It's just kind of like a single screen arcade. You know, every time you clear, collect all the gems on the screen, it goes to like a new, you know, Donkey Kong style oh, yeah. game, I guess. And there's only about it, it was made for a game jam. So there's only like five or six, maybe seven screens to, before it starts looping over again. Uh, but it does add some new challenges uh, into the mix after it loops kind of like Donut Dodo did. Like, OK, now there's right. like a new enemy, but you basically can just like hold down like a break button that has you not necessarily stop, but just go super slow. And then you can jump and then you just have to like, kind of like switch tracks at the, you know, cross points and stuff like that and go like up to the next tier by, you know, it's just all about timing and like watching where like there'll be like a goblin on a mine cart and you just got to like time it. Okay. I can't be going up that ramp. And if you go up with too much, momentum you'll actually like get a little bit of hang time (laughs) so you got to watch for like enemies that are maybe a little bit above the track it's it's just a really cool game it's just so cool to play stuff that's like oh man this would run on my nes made for it because exactly yeah and like because i was playing that i was like you know what i remember randall talking about from below and i noticed it was just free to download on uh his itch.io page i was like oh nice so i'll check this out it's pretty much uh, i can't remember exactly what you had said about it before randall but i mean it pretty much is just tetris yeah with like a giant squid octopus off to the side that yep. just occasionally like puts a tentacle in one of the columns and just shoves them up a few tiles or yep. just kind of just kind of fucks with your Tetris grid a little bit here and there. Yep. But for the most part, and then every time you get to like a new level, uh, it just kind of switches the palette to a new cool palette, uh, at least on the endless mode or whatever mode I was playing, maybe a caravan mode, whatever it was called. Um, but I just I was just having a blast playing that game. Like I just kept playing run after run. I was like, this is just Tetris. I don't know why I'm so addicted. Just had really good music. Yeah. Um, just was really, really impressed. But I did end up playing a little bit of Witch and Wiz after that. And I got pretty sucked into this one. Like it's Ooh. definitely way more fleshed out in terms of like it's a full fledged like kind of puzzle platformer. Yeah. It's a little bit of it's another NES homebrew game. Um, like I mentioned before, it actually just got in some like physical copies of it. And I believe he even mentioned that he's working on like either a Super Nintendo port or maybe even like a sequel. He's been kind of like teasing it a little bit on uh, social media and stuff. Ooh. But he keeps like saying there's more coming from Witch and Wiz. But basically, it's another like kind of single screen puzzle platformer. But it's more like very grid based. Like you're every you can't see the grid, but you're like you're moving like up down left right like if you go to a ladder you're like pressing up to go up one tile like left to go left one tile and you just have to kill all the enemies on a given screen 
but like you everything kind of has like a chain reaction like if you uh, break these spider webs, the um, enemies that are standing on those will start falling down and then you can't walk across the spider webs. So you won't be able to get to the enemies that are at the top anymore that are, okay. that don't fall down when you break the spell. Like they're, you just kind of learn the different enemy behaviors, almost like you would in like a roguelike where like, okay, this is how this enemy behaves. This is how this enemy behaves. Mm-hmm. This is how the environment responds when I do this, but it's just got really, really charming pixel art. Um, it's a, like the puzzles right off the bat get really, really tricky, but it just has like a really great, like little opening sequence with it's, it's just kind of nuts to think like it very much looks like an NES game, but it's just like, it, it feels modern at the same time. I, yeah. I don't know, but like it, it feels retro at times. Like we're like, again, it's, it's almost like a turn-based game. Like you're really moving like up, down, left, right. And then you can, press the B button to like rewind your turn one turn at a time, or you can pause it and just, you know, reset the whole level. And I found myself doing that pretty frequently where you're just like, okay, that's not going to work. Let me reset everything. Let me reset everything. And I did that a bunch, but I probably got through the first like world and a half and was just like, okay, this is like, seems like there's, I don't know how long the game is going to be, but like, it's already starting to really, you know, tease my brain quite a bit. Like I was really struggling to solve some of the puzzles in the second world, especially that's awesome. Uh, But yeah, I was just really, really impressed with uh, Matt Houston stuff, and it really makes me want to get some of that like analog, whether it's like the Super NT, which I still never, I never ordered when they announced that like uh, that new batch or that yeah, last, the final last batch. batch. I was just like, you know what? I was like, I think I just need to miss out on this and just not have one. Sometimes <laughs> I guess it's like that. It's just better know? to just like let it go, you yep. know. Um, although that's what I said with Demon Throttle, and then I was like, oh, they announced the second <laughs> batch. Let me let me order a copy. Better get it right away. Um, and we'll probably talk about that some sometime down the line. But yeah, I think I've done enough rambling about the retro homebrew stuff. Uh, there's there's plenty of other developers that are making homebrew stuff all the time. But yeah, it's it, I don't know. It's just so cool to play like a modern retro game. I don't know. It and then, really is. It's one of my favorite yeah, and, things. Yeah, I'm very jealous of you like playing it on hardware as opposed to me just like on my laptop. Still, every bit is cool of a game, but it's just not quite the same as like, let me cozy up in the game room and play this brand new NES game that, mm. you know, again, I the. I know Witch and Wiz, I don't know about From Below, but I mean, there's like a really cool like packaging and manual and like really went above and beyond with, you know, I, I don't I don't have that physical version, but um, still waiting on mine should Wiz, come but, anytime. I'm oh, excited. you ordered it? Yeah, you ordered yeah. Witch and a Wiz? long time nice. ago, but it was with something else and they ship them all at the same time. So, yeah, they wait soon to enough. Like the, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's awesome though. I yeah. I'll, I'll be curious to hear. I, I kind of feel bad that I went more into the mechanics than I planned to on that one. But yeah. uh, that'll be that'll be a fun one to uh talk about again because yeah I, w- I would love to an excuse to go back to it because i'm it's one of those games where i know like i'm stuck where i'm at so i f- i feel like it's it'll be a hard time picturing myself going back to it but at the same time if you started playing it i know i'd be like ooh, witch and whiz i haven't played that in a while oh yeah so i'll be playing it nice well why don't we kick it over to john for uh, a slightly <laughs> slightly different direction of uh conversation here yeah I just want to say that uh, if you want to turn the podcast off now, you can find us at Pursuing Pixels on almost every platform and join us on the Discord and we'll catch you next time because I am going to talk at length about how capitalism has hollowed out every industry and made everything worse in every conceivable way. In a fun way. Let's well, go, baby. <laughs> so this journey into darkness starts uh, with an Instagram ad 
which is annoying and ever present if you try to oh, yeah. use the platform uh, to see nice pictures of your friends doing things. Yep. Um, and there was in whatever algorithm has decided that this would be a good ad to show me. There was an ad for the game, uh, the mobile idle tower defense game, the tower, which has entirely inoffensive geometric, like minimalist art and like just looked like a good time waster if you needed, you know, to open up your phone for a couple minutes at a time sure. or whatever. Like k- kill some time at like the doctor's office or something. The screenshot you sent in the Discord, I was like, this looks kind of pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a perfectly serviceable game, and actually, I enjoy it quite a bit as a an idle tower defense, like constantly like oh you get a little bit further and you get a little bit more money and then you can buy a little bit more upgrades and that lets you could repeat the process forever but yeah part of the free-to-play model which is in every free-to-play game is a currency that you can either spend money on to get or more often than not watch an ad to Mm. get that currency and for some perverse reason, I decided I was going to click on every single ad, every single chance that it was going to present itself to me. And I started making a list of every type of ad. And I got two pages into a notebook uh, before I just <laughs> gave up because it's bleak. It is re- like I have managed to like back when I was on Twitter, I had been like cultivating like a decade long list of block lists of just brands. So I basically had zero ads on the social media platform that I used every day. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to other platforms, like I was like, okay, uh, this is irritating, but it's a different media or you're getting different types of ads. You just kind of like learn how to like almost like scan for it. Like, oh, that's an ad. Like you just learn how to visually just breeze right over it. Exactly. And like I so I have basically spent my good the majority of my time on the Internet ad free because I don't like I either like ignore it and and have learned to ignore it or I just don't encounter them. So this was the most the highest volume of current ads running and like it ran the gamut of like. TV spots like or ads that you would see on YouTube, like stuff that was clearly like done by a major corporation that had budget and like was just putting the same ad on every single platform, just like scaled differently. Like it's oh, this is like not like uh, the aspect ratio isn't built for phones. Like this is clearly not something that they made for a mobile game. Like it was just sent everywhere. And then I got blast into the games that were like you i've seen a lot of like i don't know joke ad or like joke ad accounts that just post like bad mobile game ads where like they yeah. show like a gameplay where like the the player that is pl- like playing it is doing a hilariously bad job at it and that's like a technique to make you frustrated and be like well i can beat that game or it's oh like the gosh. solution is so simple like like that it's trying to like trick your brain into i've it's funny you say that because i've definitely seen there's ads on uh tiktok when i'm like checking our account and whatever for this game called total war and i've seen it on other accounts yep. too oh that's on, on this list buddy. and that's one they 
and they keep showing yeah they keep showing like the same video clip but mm. with different people like reacting as if they're playing and yep. then they're like oh oh i just missed oh oh and they're like oh, acting God. like they're playing but i'm like i literally have seen this clip with 20 different people fake playing it Ah, oh. so that <laughs> that gets into the genre of live acted ads and yeah. i have seen <laughs> so many scripted I'm assuming scripted it. it I, yeah. By all accounts, it's probably just improvised. They were probably told like given one direction and let yeah. like the like, yeah, it is react I, to what's happening. And I, and yeah, yeah I have unquote, so react. many of the same, like the, yeah, like you said, the exact same gameplay, but like with like seven different actors, oh. and, like, none of them are good and none of them, oh. but like, okay, they're not given anything. Like, I don't want to blame the actors like this, but it is like giving the lowest quality in, in every single aspect. Like we are getting, I'm now getting ads where the gameplay is like probably just screen recorded from it. And then they use the TikTok like animated voice to yeah, just like speech yeah. to text, like just someone uh, punning it. So they're not even paying actors at this point. And like, I've seen ones where they are using sound effects from Mario, Sonic, like other things, <laughs> like other, like not even, like they are so blatantly not using any amount of actual sound design or just like oh. Googling like things that have completely different sample rates. So there, there's no, like, I have, I am, so. amazed at how low quality advertisements are and i don't want to be the guy who is like bemoaning the fact is like oh advertisements used to be better it's like advertisements were always garbage they were always a terrible drain yes. of resources that yes. accomplished nothing yeah. as but a format are, yes yes but we are getting the worst quality yeah. now like into like the uh, ones that i hadn't gotten uh, until recently were cameos from like porn stars <laughs> giving scripts for mobile games and i'm like i at some point like there's an absurdity to it that is kind of enjoyable where it's, it's like, yeah it, it's where like, like but but only because you have to like you have to wrap your brain around right. that way to like make it not be so bleak like okay this was, yeah. this this was like a decision funny. someone made where it's like yeah. all right i'm going to send this script that to like <laughs> on cameo and it's like it has the watermark on it like it's <laughs> unbelievable or like i i i got i came around to respect like all of the like they would show gameplay footage and then have a like fake streamer i'm assuming is a fake streamer i don't know maybe they're actual streamers who have been paid to like give like oh this is all the techniques you need to do to like and these are all 15 second ad spots i'm like yeah, it's it's real. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it's it's truly depressing to see that this is still well, it's like there's so much money being spent on this. Yes. Like, well, and I think it's even more depressing when it's like they're forcing you to either in, in this particular game in the tower. It's like it's not forcing you because you don't have to play the game. But mm. you, like if you're playing the game, you're either choosing I can either watch this garbage or I could just buy and just cut out the middleman and just start playing the game and having fun or, you know, whatever you want to do with the game. I can start just enjoying it for what it's meant to be. We're like, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> it's just a lot like. As opposed to like when like when we talked about Jump Jerboa on the podcast, like that game was free and had ads, but it was just like every time you cleared a world or every time you cleared a level, there was just like a 15 second video 
and then you went on to the next thing or every yeah. 10 levels or something. So that was like it didn't feel as gross, even though the ads were equally as shitty quality. But it didn't you know, it wasn't like saying, hey, watch these or just pay to bypass this. If yeah. that makes sense. This is just but, a natural march of where like a subset of games has gone to basically where, yeah, it's like. So much, so many games now because the value of games has decreased so much. Like there's mm-hmm. free to play, but like you yeah. said, John, now it's like, oh no, we we are not even gonna give money. We know that a large percentage of our gamers that are interacting with our game are not gonna even enter their card information one time or spend mm, any right. currency in general. So this is still a way we can monetize, yep. and we found the right, cheapest right. way of doing that too. And we're basically playing Minesweeper with these ads uh, across all spectrums and just. What people click on, yeah, yeah. like there's absolutely no algorithm <laughs> really involved is. in this. It is like first come, first served. Like wh- if if you put your like garbage ad in the slot pile, we'll send it out. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. And I, I brought this up in our Discord, like privately, where we were talking a little bit about how like they're just. <sighs> you get this wide disparity like there's still obviously massive advertising campaigns but they're only for either like giant like conglomerates like nintendo microsoft ubisoft like giant multinational corporations that have the budget to actually invest in an actual advertisement and then you get like there's no middle ground anymore there isn't a there aren't really middle tier like game developers anymore so like you either get i mean honestly the middle tier of game developers are these mobile games and that's the what the advertising is because like that's they're they're the ones who are making money off of you know like so many of these mobile games are just basically gambling and yeah. like so <laughs> yeah so many yeah. of the ads are like you'll get x amount of free pulls or like a, a guaranteed like rare character in this i was like the if you see the actual like people who deserve and like, that's a weird and loaded term to use but like the the games that deserve advertising are like people who have no budget for it like they are people who are passionate about their games and like that is kind of what our podcast is like we're not a critique which that industry has also been hollowed out by capitalism that you only have like really like legacy publications that do critique or passionate individuals who will do it outside of any structure like just blogs and stuff like that yeah right and so we're essentially doing free advertising for games that we're passionate about that don't have budgets for it and it's shifted off like this existing market onto individuals or like just outside of a structure entirely and it in some respects, that's nice because you're getting like, we're only going to be talking about games we care about and only be going to be talking about games we think deserve people to see. But it's also because it's going to be near impossible for a lot of these developers to get their game to people, yeah, it, to audiences, period. Oh, yeah. It, it we do li- like it's pretty much like it's it's unless you have like one of those huge indie hits like Celeste right. status yeah. or something like it's pretty much totally dependent on like word of mouth and like your the fans of your game spreading the word amongst themselves and you know it just chain domino reaction yeah because there's but no that's way for an individual yeah. game developer to be able to like 
do any like advertising that's effective really like that's Mm -hmm. you have your passionate fan base or player base and then you just kind of hope that it lands outside of that or some like random streamer picks it up or like there's just no there's no infrastructure for this anymore and it's depressing it's true and i don't know what the the future holds because i don't see middle ground mid-budget games coming back like back in gamecube ps2 type of days xbox we had a lot of those sort of games those kind of mid mid mid-budget mid-tier games and there's a lot more experimentation that came along with it with a decent enough budget to see that through and you just it's just there are indies that are trying their best at that but they don't have the budgets to to go full bore that way right so it's an underappreciated thing was that like a lot of those like mid-level cor- companies or corporations were a great way for like entry-level people to get training in it. No doubt. Now like to actually get trained yeah. in game dev, you basically have to do it yourself or take yep. on the burden of it doing yourself. There's no institution to like actually or like any like career path that isn't like entirely shifting it onto the game developer themselves. Yeah, or, or working at like a triple A studio right. and grinding you know, from the possibly bottom. Possibly not enjoying it. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sure there are people who do enjoy those jobs, but you know, it seems like a coin toss. Like it could be a hellscape or it could be awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith in things getting better, but hey, mm-hmm. uh, if you need a game to play that just is nice and I don't know. It's got some nice uh, vector vector art visuals. Yeah, it's great. I've <laughs> had it on silent like for ever since I got it because it's got a pretty generic EDM soundtrack, but it's fine. It's yeah. a perfectly yeah. serviceable game and I'm just depressed all the time. That's the control I have over ads when they come up is the mute button. That's yep. always been my case, at least on TV. I'm like, no, motherfucker, this is what I control. Yeah. Yes, I'm yeah. still watching this live sport or whatever, but I'm muting you right now until yeah. you come back on. And yes, that takes more effort on my part, but I don't care. And if I, you know, I try to apply that to games as much as possible if I encounter ads that way, too. And thankfully, I have enough games to fall back on where I don't have to experience that too often. But that also means I'm not experiencing a lot of mobile games that are probably great. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that probably is hidden behind that stuff or just, Mm -hmm. you know, people that like me for a long time, I would probably say, oh, it has ads. I'm not even going to touch it. We're like, no, I'd probably at least give it a spin just to see what it is. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. Wish, I don't know. Wish free to play didn't <laughs> exist because I would yeah, rather yeah. just buy every game and make sure that developers are getting money, and then also exactly. circumvent a uh, potentially like predatory pricing structure. Yeah, right, right. It's a lose lose. Yeah, <laughs> across the board, pretty really much. Really is, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, on that uplifting note, <laughs> I think we can. Uh, we, we always keep things pretty positive here, so I yeah. think we got to keep it real sometimes too. You know, just yeah. be, hey, man, this is this this game was kind of fun, but it kind of bummed me out while I was playing it, thinking about all the you know aspects that come into it. So I, I totally industry. feel that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think we can wrap it up probably there this week for the uh, video games chit-chat and whatnot. And yeah, 2023 is off to a good start uh, outside of John's uh, <laughs> bleak uh, capitalism, uh, capitalism uh, hellscape <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but, <Yep. laughs> yeah. 
But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back again uh, next week as always with uh, some more video game chit chat. You can find us on the internet, uh, pursuingpixels.com. And I'm rambling out of order here, so I'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll catch you next week. And take care. Bye. Bye bye. Did you? Uh, I- do a little Red Bull or something to uh, kind of make up the difference, or like I'm sure I was just pounding coffee. Like I would always drink coffee before work, drink coffee in the coffee machine in the back. Oh my oh. god, like your body just like they like we got chemicals coming from every direction. We just don't know what to do. Yeah, just hating my guts pretty much. Oh. Losing your marbles. Yeah, oh. not a uh, not ideal. No.